You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, a podcast all about Exalted, the game that's really too good for us all. <laughs> and uh, I am Corey, your host, and we're here this week with our other host, Charles. Hey, Charles, how you doing? I'm doing great, Corey. I'm glad to be back for another episode. I'm glad you're back. And we have our third host finally joining us this week, uh, our friend Jim. How you doing, Jim? Good. How you doing? Doing good. And uh, one thing that I noticed about our introduction of hosts last week <clears throat> is that I said we were going to introduce ourselves, and then we really didn't. We just kind of talked about <laughs> um, our experience with the game. I, I don't know anything playing about that. games with each other. Yeah. And uh, we didn't even have our third host with us yet. So um, this week we were going to do going to do a little bit different. We're going we're gonna to set a we're going to set a precedent this week. We're going to start a new tradition at the deliberative. We are going to have folks when they come on the show introduce themselves by giving their intimacies, just like the intimacies that exalted characters uh, have when you, at character creation. And we're going to tell them that they have to have the same things. They have to have. Uh, at least one defining, at least one major, and at least one negative. And so to start it off, let me just uh, give my intimacies. I have a define—I would say a defining intimacy of my wife, of love, trust, and support. I have uh, major intimacies toward each of my six children of love and guardianship. And uh, for my negative intimacy, I've chosen a minor uh, a minor principle of everything Microsoft makes is bad. So, <laughs> so that's mine. So let's see, uh, Charles, you want to, you want to go give your, give your intimacies there. So folks know you a little better. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a defining intimacy of love for my wife, a major intimacy of love and humor for my daughter, Caden, and a major principle which is people who dip fries in mayo are gross. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know if I could speak to that. I, I haven't actually <laughs> tried to dip fries in mayo. That's I'm why you're not gross. Based on your, your principle there. Oh, I see. Okay. Sometimes so I'm not gross. Def- desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> I, then I you have, eat them I have, plain. I, I've, 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 I've dipped fries in mayo before. Oh, Sorry. gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I knew there was a reason Charles didn't like me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And, and the, the other voice that you hear here is our, is our other friend, Jim. And uh, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of your intimacies? Uh, well, I guess I'm going to have to... Uh... I don't want to be the only guy that didn't mention his wife and children, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to say defining, defining uh, wife, uh, obviously, and uh, a major intimacy with my four children, and um, I guess my negative intimacy are people who begin counting with their thumb. That just drives me up the wall. Um, mm. How about how about people who begin counting with zero? What are you counting? <laughs> well, well, this is episode one of the deliberative since uh, last episode was zero. So, yeah. So, uh, zero our... didn't count, right? I wasn't there. Well, I mean, <laughs> the way I think of it is it's like uh, it's like computer programming, right? You know, when you have an array, the first element of the array is element zero. 
and then the second elements uh, it, anyway well, never mind and i've I always said the best way to talk about tabletop role-playing games is with complicated math theory <laughs> <laughs> well i I, feel, I believe that zero just defines that nothing is there mm. and what wasn't there clearly was you jim yes. and so it really didn't count right no. that's what you're saying that's what you're saying <laughs> All right. No, actually, the uh, the zero episode was good. I listened to it. Uh, sorry, I missed out. But uh, we talked a little bit about how Charles and I have known each other forever, and uh, that's also true with Jim. Uh, we both Charles and I have known him for a very long time. Uh, yep. When I moved to uh, the state that I live in now, in order to go to high school, uh, Jim was actually the first person I met in high school, uh, day one of ninth grade. So, um, yeah, so it's, we. We've been we've been friends for a long time, and um, we all three have played games together, uh, played played lots of different role playing games together, and all three of us have played Exalted together. So, uh, so that's why we're here talking about Exalted. So, well, first of all, we want to kick after after our introduction there. We want to kick off this week with a little discussion of the news. Uh, in the news this week, of course, for all of you. Uh, Exalted fans out there, we know that the Dragon Blooded Kickstarter wrapped up with a very successful campaign. Uh, over 550% funded, uh, $330,000 raised for this game and uh, for the production, especially of the Deluxe Edition uh, rule book for the Dragon Bloods. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I read every single uh, comment in the comments thread on there and was pretty active from from uh, day one really and uh, just which had a number good time backer were you Corey? On there. i was i was not amongst the very first backers because i knew i was going to at least get the pdf and i wasn't sure if i wanted to do the book because i at the time i don't know if you remember but, but at the very beginning of the campaign uh they they had just released a couple of weeks before the Kickstarter started. Uh, they had put out on Indie Press Revolution uh, some some links that you could go buy the original core rulebook, and it was like three hundred and fifty dollars. So actually, it's still three hundred fifty dollars if you go. Yeah, I'm like, and I and I, I was actually thinking about getting. I'm like three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> Holy crap! But still, I need it, right? And. Then they opened up the Archimandrite of the Immaculate Order uh, reward tier, where you actually got the first, you know, the core rulebook uh, deluxe edition and the Dragon Blooded deluxe edition. And I think I was the very first Archimandrite. So nice. when that one popped up, I just raced over to Kickstarter <clears throat> and secured that, like without <laughs> even a second thought. So, and then after having um, given you grief about how much you spent on it last week. I followed suit and also pledged at the Archimandrite of the Immaculate Order level. <laughs> gotcha. Like hooks yeah. in your scowl. Gotcha. <laughs> That's awesome. Though. I, I mean, I I literally can't wait. I mean, I'm just like like a kid waiting for Christmas at this point. Like, where are my books yeah. coming? Where are my books coming? So, yeah, it's so exciting. Uh, and, and did you get any add-ons or did you just stay at the Archimandrite? Um, I stayed at the base Archimandrite level for right now um i i would kind of like some of the cloth maps but if i got one i'd want to get both of course right. 
and I just man, I couldn't justify what was it another hundred and sixty dollars? Fifty hundred? Yeah, it's it, it's that's a lot of money. So hopefully they'll still have the map of creation and backer kit, and yeah, they will. I'll probably end up picking that up there. Yeah, I really thought about just getting the the you know the full map of creation, but then. Um, when James was uh, not not this Jim that's with us on the podcast, but the one that was running the um, the Kickstarter, I can't remember his last name. Bell is it Bell? James Bell. Jacobs. James Bell. Okay, uh, yeah, I think James Jacobs is James somebody Jacobs. on the Pathfinder team, is it? Paizo, yeah. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So when James Bell, uh, you know, finally put up, I kept asking him, "Are you going to put up a higher resolution image of this of this map that we're supposed to get with this one?" He finally put up the higher resolution. I was like, "Oh, that that does look pretty good." So. I went ahead and spoiled for both. <laughs> Jim, how'd you end up on the Kickstarter? What, what level did you back at? Um, I really don't know. <laughs> I just sent them some money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> had a few too many and just started clicking things. Yeah. Um, well, what happened? This actually is the first Kickstarter I've ever supported. Um, oh, wow. So, oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, I was actually signing up for Kickstarter and I... I I just said, okay, this amount of money looks good to Sam. Okay. All right. But you got, I think, uh, you didn't get a book though, right? You just got the PDF. Uh, yes, I got the PDF and I believe it came with the, um, the realm PDF and there was, oh, okay. Oh, nice. uh, And the, the the companion volume, the heirs of the Shogunate or something. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I wanted all that stuff. Right. That's a good bundle, man. That's good stuff. And yes. uh, we should be able to get those PDFs, I'm hoping, really soon. We don't have an official word yet. We know they sent out the uh, combined edition, the entire manuscript as one PDF, as the final uh, backer reward for the thing on the last, or, well, actually, the day after. I'm right really glad the they of, did that, by the way. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's, I mean, the thing, I've got it sitting open right here on my iPad right now, 493 pages. Woo! And there was quite a bit of discussion on the Kickstarter comment thread about exactly, you know, how, how big this thing's going to look compared to the core. And some people were saying maybe half the size. Some people were saying, oh, it's going to be almost as big. And I, I don't really know where it's going to come down because, yeah, it's a lot of pages right now. There is no art yet. That's true. So that's going to add some more. But at the same time, the, uh, the text on the pages of the be a core lot smaller. is smaller than this. Yeah, yeah so... Um, you know, we could end up with a three, 350 page book. Um, I'm sure it's going to, it's, it, it, there's a lot of information here. So it's going to be a very full, very awesome read. I, I've already said, I think this is, this is probably one of, in the top five best made role-playing books of all time. It is just extremely, extremely high quality. So going to be good. Going to be real good. And, um, part of our, part of our covering of the, the end of the Kickstarter, I think w- what would be really fun is for us to discuss maybe one thing that each of us found to be just truly awesome. Of course, there's too much for us to just, you know, do a, an elaborate review. There may be time in the future when we decide we want to sit down and do an elaborate review of some of these exalted books. But at the moment, I think, you know, we're keeping the show kind of short and sweet. Let's, uh, let's just each come up with one thing from the book that we thought was awesome. Anybody want to start? You know, we had kind of set the task to narrow it down to, what was it, a martial art style or one of the heirloom artifacts. And I had kind of skimmed over the martial arts, but uh, I didn't have enough time to devote to reading one fully to kind of, you know, say, oh, this is the one that I think is 
what I'm most excited about. So I decided to flip over to the artifacts section, and one that really stood out to me was Heavenly Typhoon, which is a three-dot artifact. It's a blue jade infinite chakram. Um, dude, it's just, it's bananas. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. It's like, I know that this game is balanced against itself, but reading through some of the evocations that you can unlock with it is like, how does this not automatically win any game? It's just crazy. <laughs> what, what's the, what page number does that start on? Do you have that open? That is yet? on page 436 of the compiled manuscript. Yeah, that's some good stuff there. Was there anyone that stood out uh, in terms of the evocations that you thought was just uh, very picturesque or very, very interesting? Here it is. Searing Wind Razor Bolt. Um, the, the actual effect is cool, but it has a resonant ability that says a wielder resonant with jade also knocks her target back one range band if any damage is dealt. And that ah, just, yeah. I mean, the picture that I had in my head was just rocketing someone to land in a pile of dust and just have that thing zip right back to your hand, just ready to go instantly was just, ugh. Oh, right. so awesome. And you know, and, and, and you think about that in comparison with like back when we used to play our dragon blooded game and, uh, and one of our air aspect, uh, Jeff, he, he had an infinite Jade chakram that mm -hmm. he used. And, uh, you know, we didn't have evocations back then. And so the, the only cool things that he could, and, and he did very cool things with his infinite Jade chakras, but like they were all done through just the, the normal dragon blooded charms. You know, you know, Corey has um, extra stuff on top of it as the uh, less experienced exalted player among both you, myself and Jim. I have to ask the question that maybe some people in the audience will be asking, what is an evocation? So, so, yeah, well, that's a good question. Evocation is really it, it's essentially a charm that comes from the artifact. So. Uh, you know, where you have all these various charms that you learn as a, as an exalt, whether you be a solar or dragon blood. And of course, dragon bloods have their own charms. Solars have their own charms. They're like the magical abilities that each one of these exalts gets to use to, you know, be awesome and do amazing things. Uh, in, in previous editions, artifacts, I mean, while they were cool and while sometimes they had some interesting powers uh, that were associated with it, they, they, it was, you know, they were mainly like one trick wonder, you know, an infinite chakram comes back to your hand or whatever, or maybe you'd have a flaming sword that was on fire, you know. Uh, but now an, an artifact can actually have multiple charms built into it that, that you learn the same way you learn your own charms, but, uh, but they're tied to that artifact. So, you know, you have a, uh, you know, there's one in the arms of the chosen book that uh, it's a, it's a, like a giant flamethrower kind of a thing that can actually like eat spirits with fire, you know, and, and um, it can, it can build up heat and sort of like half explode and you're holding the explosion in and all kinds of just crazy stuff that we never could do before. But now uh, all these, these various items give us so much more power. It, it just adds cool on top of cool, you know? So very much like it. What about you, Jim? Do you have any, which one did you pick? What, what did you, what do you think is the coolest thing in the book? Oh man. Um, Based on some of the older characters I made, now when we we made some second edition characters, you know, um, then when when the third edition came out, we we realized that some of those second edition characters 
just didn't translate over to the third edition rules. Um, like right. the, the, the two characters we made, Gauss and Ahaz. Well, if you remember, Ahaz was my solar that I made, and he was he was basically like a real mm-hmm. stealthy, quick guy. Um, he fought with two diclaves, um, two short short diclaves, and basically mm-hmm. his um, attack was to spring out, you know, get in rapid successions of attack, and then spring back and like basically disappear so Mm -hmm. i'm looking through this this um this new book we got here and i saw smiling razors which is red jade short diclaves it's on page 445 of the combined pdf and the first evocation Mm. still burning ember ambush like an ember that burns an unsuspecting hand, the exalt strikes suddenly from ambush and vanishes as quickly as she came. When she rolls to establish concealment combat, she doubles nines. So that just Ooh, kind right. of just stood out. Like that's the kind right. of character I like is that spring attack and then jump back. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I really like like that artifact. Yeah, that fits right in. To that old character that's awesome well the uh, the one that i picked that i just and i and i have to confess that that one thing that i love about uh role-playing games and especially magic and role-playing games are items or spells that you know let me th- let me think of like a hundred different ways to use them you know and like for instance in uh, dungeons and dragons 3.0 they had the uh, immovable rod, <laughs> just this rod. You like click a button and it just like locks in place. And I, and I was, I lusted after that, after that artifact. I was like, man, think of all you could do. If you had two of them, you could do like, you could make like a ladder in, in the middle of nowhere. You just like, you know, reach up with one hand, lock it in place, reach up with the other hand, keep locking them, unlocking them. If you had two of them, you could hook a hammock between them and, and like sleep anywhere. Right. You could use it to block a door. You can use it to stop a train. Like, there's, like, there's all these kinds of things <laughs> that you could use train. this thing for. And, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was just such a cool artifact, even though it didn't do anything like real fancy. It was just like, it gave you so many neat uses. And uh, the, the old uh, Fossa role-playing game, Earth Dawn, which was, uh, you know, one that we loved back in the day. Oh, yes. Yeah, Earth Dawn was so good. I, I think that, you know, Earth exalted really feels in 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 some ways even in in this like this artifact evocation thing it feels like a spiritual successor to some of those cool ideas in earthon because earthon had that thing where where uh, artifacts items like they unlocked new abilities the more you like got to know them and um yeah i just oh i love some of that but they, they had spells like that where you're just like oh this spell does such neat things you know this this elemental spell creates a, a wagon made out of like a fire elemental and and you get in the back of it and he's like got his arms and stuff and he's just he's like drag you know he's like it's transportation but he's also just like punching and knocking people aside and setting things on fire it's like oh love that so the thing that i saw in in this uh, in this book this new dragon blooded book that i just fell in love with right away is a spell on page 421 of the combined pdf called spoke the wooden face 
And essentially what it does is you use a, a basic craft woodworking project to, to carve your face into a tree, which by the way, you get uh, silver experience points for that. Uh, for those of you who know the crafting system, this is like a way to actually, you know, generate some silver experience points. You carve your face into a tree and then you cast the spell and it has a very low cost, five, five uh, sorcerer's modes and one willpower. You cast this thing and you can look through and speak through any tree that you have carved this on. And uh, Holy crap. And, and, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and if you don't start talking, you can actually like, like it, you're undetectable essentially. You can just sit there and watch and listen to what's going on around the tree, you know. And I was thinking, good grief, you know, you know, you know how you could use this in real life. You know, people talk about like if you could if you could pick flying or invisibility, which superpower would you pick? People are like, oh, you know, you have the people you have the people like me who say invisibility. And like one of the first reasons, you know, why would you pick invisibility? And then you're like, you don't really want to say because there's so many like nefarious things that you could do <laughs> with invisibility. <laughs> well, I, I think this there's like similar uses for this uh this this spoke the wooden face spell. Like, you know. You carve the face on a tree outside of the uh, the girl's bedroom, you know, who you fancy or whatever. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm crossing a line there. But I'm uh, impressed. I'm just thinking, this could be so cool, man. You could do so many cool things with this spell, so... And if it, yeah, that, that's not weird at all. Yeah, yeah. Forget I said that. Uh, note to self, edit this part out. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a super cool one. All right. Well, uh, any any final impressions? Anything you guys want to say about the book? Uh, that you know, now that it's over, can't wait till it gets here. I think the uh, the just I mean just the first couple of chapters, and it, of course they're all all this is, exists in exalted books where they just kind of introduce you into the uh, the world, right? And all the information that they give you on the houses and like you know who who likes who and you know who's kind of secretly planning stuff in the background and who they trust and who they don't trust. And I mean, just all the tension that builds up with every book. And of course, when the Lunar's book comes out, um, there's going to be even more tension built up. We're all waiting for the Lunar's book, man. When, when you read every book, um, (laughs) it just seems like there's just this tension and uh, you you really don't know where it's going to go. So as a game master, you have so many, so many directions you can take anything. Right. Like you know, uh, you could take a house uh, to try to supersede the Scarlet Empress, or you could have some soldiers uh, invade the Blessed Isle. You know, with like a massive army that they uh, that they built in the north and come charge it down. I mean, right. there's just so much because there's just there's so much not defined. It isn't like, well, these guys are in charge of everything. It's like, these guys are kind of in charge, but these guys over here don't want them in charge. And, you know, and there's like a lot of tension yeah. that, that has a lot of, um, there's a lot to build on. And like 10,000 like story I really. I mean, just so many story hooks oh, yes. through this thing. I, I would say that for me, it's really, I, I can count on probably one hand the number of game systems where I could sit down and instead of reading a fiction book or watching a TV show, I could read the rule book just from cover to cover. <laughs> and Exalted is at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what was it in the 
in the third edition, like that story about like this, it was a city that was all these ships yeah. that were together. And Ujian. Yeah, they throw you right in that story, and it's man, it yeah. just makes you want to play the game. Just reading that story. Yeah, so good. I think I said last episode I'm on my third read through of the uh, of the core <laughs> rule book. I just I love it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading my print-on-demand copy right now, awaiting my. How can you afford? I shall read it. How can you afford to time. back this at the Archimandrite level and also afford your therapy bills? <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Me and my therapist going to start playing a Sellers game here pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Exposure therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you sit you sit in your therapist's office, and he's like, "Okay, let's role play this out." You pull your dice out. <laughs> that, that's not what up. I meant, sir. <laughs> My sock puppet has like a, yeah. a, a dawn cast anima, <laughs> like, like, like the cast mark like on the brow of the sock puppet. <laughs> Prepare for heaven thunder hammer. All right. Well, one thing we wanted to do uh, this week, we're going to get into to our feature discussion for this week, and what we kind of wanted to do with our with our first numbered episode, or at least the episode that has an actual number and not a placeholder like a zero, is uh, we want to give to the community so- something where, that maybe you can point one of your friends to that's that's on the fence about Exalted or doesn't really know what it is, and say, why should I play this game? Now, what we're not going to do here is we're not going to talk on and on and on about the setting and the premise of the game and those kinds of things. I I feel like those have been covered in other podcasts and in other places, and we don't really want to reinvent the wheel here and uh, and try to give you that same thing. So so we're not going to talk about the amazing world of Exalted. And, uh, you know, the fact that it's a flat world and that it has five poles for each of the five elements and that, all, you know, that there's this thing about primordials and gods. You're and, doing it. Yeah. We're not going to do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I, I want to point you to some places where you can go hear that. And we're going to put some links in the show notes where you can hear people discuss that if that's what you want to hear. And what we're going to do is we're going to discuss why we think Exalted up. Uh, needs a place at your gaming table instead of or in addition to some of the other games you're playing it's instead so why, of why is alert. this worthwhile <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is someone running another game that isn't exalted the answer is in place of yeah that's it yeah exactly and you're gonna see why when we talk about that but um but yeah but <laughs> but first let me give you a couple of places where you can go to get that other stuff to get the <laughs> to get the premise of the game, to get the background and some of the story and the setting and all of that. If you want just a really good uh, explanation of that, that I, th- I think the guy did a, a really good job. If you look over at professor Jimble's dice bag, that's a, that's a podcast ordinarily about Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but uh, yeah, such a great name, right? But if you go check out professor Jimble's dice bag, uh, the episode from April 14th, 2017, uh, the title of the episode is called Review Episode, Exalted 3rd Edition. Uh, that is a pretty phenomenal rundown of the story of the game, the setting. Hmm. And uh, those two guys who do that review do a really good job. And then the other place I would point you, uh, especially if you want somebody to just hear something really short that explains some of the things in Exalted to them, 
the Swallows of the South podcast, which is a, an actual play podcast uh, set in Exalted using the Exalted third edition rules. The, uh, very early on in the show, I think it's actually the second episode from January 28th, 2016, is an episode just entitled Exalted in Two Minutes. And uh, the host there, Quinn, he does a really good job of just breaking down what is Exalted. He talks a little bit about the mechanics. And I, I mean, I think it's, it's amazing that uh, he, he gets so much information in there so, so concisely. So take a look at those two things if you want to hear about that aspect of why Exalted. But we want to talk about the best part about playing Exalted. What makes it awesome? What makes it better than other games? And uh, Jim, why don't you start us out on that discussion? What do you, what do you like so much? Oh, well, where do I start? Um, I've been role-playing probably since I was six or seven years old. Um, my dad had the Dungeons and Dragons set, and my first game was at my kitchen table with, with my mom and my dad. And we played Dungeons and Dragons. And our, these guys that built this game, uh, they did a great job. I mean, they, they basically made something out of nothing. Like, there was, there was no rule set. There was the, these dice. You, you didn't have, like, 20-sided dice, 8-sided dice. And stuff like that. So for them to come up with all that was really good. But one problem that came out of that system is just this idea that you're okay, you're, but you're not really that great. And there's kind of a grind that exists. Um, like, you know, if you play Pathfinder or anything like that, they're good games. They're fun. I like them. But at some point, you're right. just kind of like, oh, I can't wait till I get to, to eighth level so I can get two attacks. But the bad thing is, you know, you, you think that when you're first level, but then when you're sixth level, you're already fighting monsters to get two attacks. So you're just kind of like, it always feels like you're lagging behind. And, and the way the system is made, you know, it's, it always feels like it's pushing you down and you're having to grind up to be good. Whereas Exalted, you're just you're awesome day one. Like, you know, you were an ordinary guy and then you know, if you're a solar, the the unconquered son chose you to be his champion. And you know, for a character to basically destroy twenty guys in one time, you know, that's not OP. That's just being who you are. You're you're exalted you know that's what you do i mean that's what i love about the game is it it kind of lets you go to like that next level that just didn't exist with other games yeah i mean you're just awesome right out the gate but you can get more powerful you know you know you get essence six essence seven you know you're going to be really powerful but but you're you're just this powerful character right it's almost if you take uh a martial arts movie you know these guys that do Mm -hmm. these things that are just absolutely impossible um and you translate it into a role-playing game like i want to run across uh, a treetop and like jump kick this guy and uh you know and and there's no nothing that penalizes you for wanting to to just be cool and actually, the game gives you yeah. more dice to be cool. 
It's like, oh, you want right. to like run on your tiptoes yeah. across this branch and then uh, slit this guy's throat and throw him? You know, yeah. Here's more dice. Do it. That would be awesome. And that's what I love. Yeah, about what the Jim's game. talking about there is the um, he's talking about the stunt system in Exalted, uh, which is one of those things that I think really holds it up head and shoulders above so many other games. Is that like he said, if you describe the action of your character in more detail than simply I hit him with my sword or I dodge the attack or I cast the spell. If if you if you actually put description and you know you entertain the people at the table with your description, you you're actually instead of being instead of being penalized for doing those things and now you have to roll more dice to see if you can be successful in because you made it harder because you you said you were flipping over their head and that you were pulling the rug out from under them and all this other kind of stuff like oh well now you got to roll this to see if you can flip you got to roll this to see if you can pull the rug out from under them and then you got to hit them but because you did those other things you're going to take a minus Mm -hmm. four to hit you know instead of doing all that it's just like dude that was awesome Here's here's two extra dice and an automatic success, you know, and uh, that's called stunting in Exalted. And it is, you know, if you if you point to just one thing that you go, what makes this game so much more awesome than other games? I would say stunting just I mean, just immediately. It's the one thing comes to my mind. Mm. Like, I mean, having played a whole lot of Pathfinder in the last uh, year and a half or so. I could say, you know, I'm sitting here at the table waiting for my turn to come around. It's my turn to do something. I'm like. I'm going to throw the alchemist fire at the guy, you know, <laughs> and, and that's it. And I know in my head, I want to stunt it like an exalted, but I know it's just penalizing me, you know, like, well, first of all, I want to get the guy's attention by grabbing a handful of sand and throwing it in his eye. And then I want to, you know, rush back, twist around, right. like jump, throw it as I'm diving backwards. And, you know, it's just like, okay, well you failed that. And now your hair's on fire. You know I mean? So it's everything is so underwhelming in other games <laughs> because they don't take advantage of a stunting system. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of, one of the things that I would say is just head and shoulders above the rest. Um, one of the things that I think, uh, that, that I love so much is the fact that there really isn't a class system in exalted. You'll see, as you look through the book, that there are these things called casts where there are five different types of solars. You got the Dawn, the Zenith, the, the twilight, the night, and the eclipse, but those don't really th- those don't define a character the way a class does in a game like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or Starfinder or a lot of other games that are class based. Uh, so, like for instance, in Pathfinder, I'm making a, I, I made a character for a game that my daughter was running, and I'm looking through. You know, I'm trying, I want to play something new that I've never played before, so I'm looking through all of these like you know 37 classes or whatever they've got. And I, you know, I want to play an alchemist. That seems interesting and new. Uh, you get these bombs and what, but then like right. when you, when you finally are at the end of character creation, the list of things that my character is good at and that, that he should be doing, there's like a very specific list. I'm going to throw bombs in combat. It's like two yeah. things. <laughs> like I get six bombs a day or whatever, and I'm going to throw bombs in combat. And then I have a craft, uh, you know, I get an automatic craft feat so I can, I can make alchemist fire. So I'll have more things to throw and I get bonus damage on splash damage for throwing alchemist fire. So I'm just going to have like a lot of alchemist fire that I throw. And I got these, you know, and I've got a mutagen I can take once a day that turns me into like a, a, a Mr. Hyde kind of thing, you know, uh, where I kind of hulk right. out and go fight. And then, uh, but that's it. And, and, and the thing that kind of stinks about that is 
the other guy that makes a that makes an alchemist, you know, down the street or whatever, uh, you know, when they're playing in their Pathfinder game, when he makes an alchemist, he's going to be throwing six bombs a day and making alchemist fire and making a mutagen. It's like you because you picked that class, that's what you do. That's and, like every wizard has magic missile. Like yeah. you, you don't make a you don't make a wizard without magic missile. <laughs> right. You're so you're so, so pigeonholed by what you pick at character creation versus the way that Exalted works where um yeah, there's some influence that the cast has on you in terms of what things can be your uh, cast abilities, but then you also get to choose favorite abilities too. That so you can you can round out a character. You can make, you know, a hundred people can make a hundred different Dawncast Solars and then be a hundred radically different characters. You know, and uh, yeah. I, and that to me is amazing. And so that means that means my character is not based on something that the book says. My character is based on what I came up with, my unique story. And uh, we'll get to, we'll get to an example character in a second where you can see, you know how how bringing a unique story from the beginning shapes how you do character creation, but uh, but yeah, so that's what I love the most is being able to actually make the character I want to make, and then the fact that there is such a high power level means that I can make the the exact character I want to make right from the beginning, you know. So if my legend is that I'm like, you know, the strongest guy in the land and I'm going to just, I, I'm, I'm able to, to essentially knock out anybody that comes to face me. That's who I am at, at, at day one. You know, that's not who I am at 20th right. level two and a half years from now. That's who I am at day one. And so I think that that, to me, that's the best thing. What about you, Charles? What, what are your favorite parts of Exalted? Well, I'd say that my favorite part about Exalted is not something that is unique to Exalted completely. Um, for instance, I run a Pathfinder game, uh, every, every Wednesday. And as much as I like Pathfinder, I've, I've said it before and I'll continue saying it. Pathfinder is a game where combat is the main mode of progressing the story with a side, albeit it's sometimes a very generous side of role-playing, but the thing that drives the story to its conclusion is almost always combat. It's killing a bad guy or overthrowing someone so that the true heir can be instilled into the place of power, what have you. Um, right. Pretty much every horror game is the opposite of that, where it's investigation and role-playing and discovery that drives the story, and then combat plays a very small but still vital role near the end in order to kind of resolve everything. The thing that makes Exalted so unique, though, is that it is a fantasy role-playing game that is kind of set up like a horror role-playing game in in terms of how to progress a story. And, yeah, you know, so we were talking about things like stunting. Well, you can do that in Pathfinder. I do that in my Pathfinder game. The more descriptive players are, I give them bonuses, and I rarely inflict penalties because it just it prevents people from trying to come up with cool things to do. Um, mm -hmm. It's just not built into Pathfinder. And right. the fact and you that you imported that, that from Exalted, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that Exalted has that built in is what makes it unique among fantasy role playing games. And that's my favorite right. thing about it. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I, I think about that all the time when we, we've uh, been playing some Pathfinder, and it's like, you know, gosh, if this were Exalted, you could just skip this combat and move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go through every room and kill every goblin in order to get the fourth level, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, I found uh, myself more and more looking, right. uh, doing my prep work uh, the couple of nights before and saying, Oh man, I just don't want to run this combat because it's not it's not really going to be that much of a challenge and I'd rather them just get to part of the story that matters even if that's another combat. So I've started just cutting out combats from a Pathfinder game which doesn't even make <laughs> sense. Like so, right. Well, the it's crazy. Exalted is you can have a you know a slick eclipse cast um, that just talks your way completely out of combat, and you get experience oh, from yeah. doing that. Yeah. And I've started letting right. my players do that. They completely they skipped. I would say out of the first adventure, they they were supposed to escape this prison, and the way that they role played it, they skipped forty percent of the combat encounters of that adventure. Nice. And I was like, I'll nice. allow it because that was just good role playing. Right. right. Sometimes just just yeah. guys talking their way out of things and you trying to keep up and them trying to keep yeah. up with the lies the lies they've been telling yeah. all these people and you know then you catch them in a lie and oh you know then they got to take off you know or fight right there but yeah, yeah it, it it can make for some really fun moments that's better than just you know I swing my club you know I'm going to lift right. my shield you know <laughs> yeah well another thing that I really like you know I talked about the um I talked about the immovable rod before from, from Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, oh, the, the sad, pathetic <laughs> truth to my life is that I have actually never had a character in Dungeons and Dragons that owned an immovable rod. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I wanted this thing from, the, from when the book first came out and I read the description of that artifact. I, know, I wanted but it. So or, I'm sorry, wondrous item. It was like what nine thousand gold or something. Like, uh, I think I it was five thousand. So... Yeah. No, it's nine. It's I'm. I mean, somebody can correct this out there. But so if they I'm had a, go if they had an item like that and exalted, nine. how long would it take you to get it? You would start the game with it. <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah. I you know uh, what I've wanted so bad. What I've, I want so bad to play with is this sword that when you stick it into the ground, it causes an, an, a volcano to actually like burst up from the mantle and erupt on somebody's face. And you're like, would you like to start the game with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that may sound, <laughs> that may sound power gaming to you. That's the sound of turtles mating for those. Okay. Of you that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that may sound really like oh, you know overpowered or power gaming to people, but it's so freeing at the same time. Like and, and building that into the legend of your character. Like you know, I just I, I had this dream that my character had this dream about you know where his where the his former self uh, buried this treasure to keep it out of the hands of the usurpers or whatnot, and and it was this you know mighty blade of old and. And, uh, and so I'm, so, you know, in the, in the year before, you know, we started the game, you know, in the story of my character in the year before the game starts, he, he found it 
and he's been he's been like lovingly caring for it and he learned that it can talk to him and he's been he's been learning about you know what you know, some of the previous adventures of his of, of his you know this this exaltation that now indwells his heart or whatever and and you can just make it a part of your story and have that amazing thing right from the start oh yeah and with the new evocation system that doesn't mean that you immediately have all the abilities of the thing maybe you only have two or three of them but then as the story progresses you unlock more and more and more power from this item and uh you know, and then then you're like leveling continents with it. You know, later on in the game. So, I, I mean, I feel like the progression system it, it it doesn't go away. It's still there, but right, you get to just start with so much more fun in your pocket. You know, I think A has started with a complete underground manse that was yeah fully fully decked out. You know, day one yeah. he's got this. Yeah, and this is where they hang out. You know, when they're being hunted down by the by the wild hunt. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, that's just, to me, that's so refreshing. It's just so refreshing. Because in so many games that you play with, like, groups or whatever, you dream about what could happen with your character, you know, three years from now. But then everybody moves away a year and a half into the game and you never get to see the end. Or, or you know, you just get bored with it or somebody, you know, whatever. Things happen. You don't get there. So start there. It's better. Believe me. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So those are. Uh, and, and does anybody else have you, you have anything else you want to add, or or we pretty much that kind of wraps that it pretty up much for, covers for it our feelings. For yeah. I mean, of course, the setting is just amazing. That's why I pointed you to those other things out there. Go take a look at some of those things. A lot of people, some people who don't even like the rules for Exalted, play other games like other rule sets with the setting of Exalted because it's so much better than other settings. <laughs> um, so yeah so definitely go check out those those podcasts that talk about the setting and whatnot and again those will be in the show notes but uh, such an amazing game if, if you haven't played it yet you owe it to yourself to play it if your group doesn't play it you owe it to your group to at least suggest it and try to get them interested because it is just the greatest thing um, that there is all right good all right well one thing we want to start a new feature this week we want to start a, a sec- segment of our show called the character of the week, or maybe we'll call it character seeds because what I'd like to do here is I'd like for us to, uh, I know that sometimes when people come to exalted, especially from other games, they do not know how to craft a character in this world with a story that fits the world. And, uh, and so they end up kind of falling back on some, some old tropes, you know, well, I guess I'll be the wizard or I guess I'll be the fighter. And, and that doesn't really work for exalted, or at least it doesn't work super well. <clears throat> so what we'd like to do is we'd like to start making sort of a collection of character seeds that new players can go and look at and go, yeah, I, you know, what? I like the way this one sounds, or I like the way this one sounds and just kind of build a collection over time. And we'll put that on our, uh, on our website. Which, by the way, we, we didn't exactly mention it last episode, but the website for our show is fivepoles.com. That comes from the fact that creation has five poles. And, uh, and so, um, anyway, on fivepoles.com, we're going to aim to uh, provide a lot of community-driven content that can be good for you in your game. We're thinking about do, uh, updating some of the uh, character sheets to make them even more usable to get those out there for you so that you'll have you know a good place to go where you can get good quality exalted character sheets we're going to put these character seeds up there and we're going to come up with lots of other interesting things like that that uh, are going to be i think a help to the community as a whole so uh, right now it's in very much an, an under construction uh sort of <laughs> state uh, but we're gonna we're gonna get it out of that hopefully pretty soon we're just thinking of how we want to get it get it working before we you know 
yeah, we're measuring twice, cut once, that kind of thing. So, so anyway, so to start us off with the character of the week, I'll do the one for this week, and uh, and then we'll, we'll try to rotate this around, and uh, Charles will do the one for next week. But for this week's character of the week, uh, the character seed is a Twilight cast, and 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 we'll start with we'll start each time with the um, the concept in Exalted and in a lot of White Wolf games, the the idea of the character concept is the key, the part of the character creation that just drives everything else, right? And that is usually like a small phrase, a two words, three words that give you just like the nugget at the at the core of who that character is. And so for this this character seed, we're going to call him the abused weaponsmith. And this is a solar character <clears throat> who uh, works for one of the patrician houses. Uh, one of the one of the patrician houses in the Scarlet Dynasty, as a blacksmith, as a weaponsmith, and uh, who had been an apprentice to another weaponsmith, who then suddenly went disappearing one night. Uh, he doesn't know if he was punished or killed by the master of the house, uh, but all of a sudden, the role of being the chief weaponsmith for the house was on his shoulders. And uh, even though he's a very smart young man, he uh, he was constantly. Uh, talked down to, patronized by this, uh, by the master of the house, and uh, very much, very, very much felt abused, both in the way that they spoke to him and also in the way he was treated. He was whipped badly, and uh, on a particular night, when he had, uh, he had made some items that were going to be on display for the master, having some guests over. Apparently, something about that creation. Uh, caused great embarrassment to the master of the house. And so uh, after the party was over, he came out to the forge and forced the young man to put his hands into the forge fire. And uh, this was kind of like just ex the kind of extreme punishment that this guy was used to, this, this uh, head of the house was used to. And so he forced the young man to, to put his fists into the forge fire. And at that moment... The, uh, as he decided, he was deciding as he's putting his hands into the fire that he's not going to take this anymore, that he needs to fight back against this. He became exalted in that moment. The unconquered sun granted him the exaltation of a twilight cast uh, solar exalt. And in that moment, he saw that this forge, this sort of magical forge that this, uh, this house had, was created by having an actual fire elemental uh, bound into the forge and when his eyes were open to essence he he looked into the eyes of the fire elemental in the forge and made an instant rapport with this elemental because one of the uh one of the cast or the uh the anima effects of twilight cast is to be able to turn an elemental of uh, essence three or less into a familiar and so as his anima uh, bursts into the bonfire level as he puts his hands into this fire he's able to see with his his sight of his essence sight he's able to see this elemental and essentially make him his friend and confidant in that moment his familiar and so with the help of the elemental they turn their uh they turn their forces on the the master of the house and they fight their way out of there and so this uh this young man becomes then in the wake of that, in the days and weeks later, he becomes a, uh, a crafter. Well, he is a crafter. I mean, he, he, was, a, he was a smith before, but he becomes now uh, empowered to make even greater uh, items and to do so very quickly. 
And uh, so he becomes a crafter. The elemental actually teaches him the arts of sorcery. And, uh, and, and so he, he learns a couple of spells of the fire type and, uh, and I've, you know, we, we try to decide how we want to do this, uh, this character of the week thing. I actually made this full character and, uh, have thought about, you know, just putting the whole character sheet out there, but I don't know if that's really all that useful. We may just want to put like, kind of like a paragraph explanation of who what the character seat is so that so that you guys can kind of turn it and make it into your own thing well i think there's something uh, to be said for uh throwing the whole thing up there also um if someone just needed a quick start character oh so they don't even have to do the work they can just yeah i mean you can remake it if you want but hey here's a whole character ready to go you can just drop it in you know with a moment's notice that's a good idea yeah, we could do that. We can put we can put the full characters up there, and uh, so I gave him uh, one of the artifacts from the Arms of the Chosen called Sekum, which is a uh, it's a four dot artifact, dragon sai wand, and uh, so he he's just fire all the way. He's got a couple of big fire spells. He's got this uh, this fiery you know flamethrower artifact. He's got um, uh, and then like I said, lots of craft charms, lots of occult charms to be able to interact with spirits and command them and that kind of thing. And so. Um, so anyway, so that's kind of the idea of this guy, and uh, and now he's he's on his own and he's looking for uh, looking for ways to kind of get back at the system that hurt him, and uh, you know getting ready to use his power in pursuit of his own goals for the first time. In Man, his this life. So, this character sounds really. I mean, this is a really really good character. I, yeah, I, I like think it's, it. It's yeah. kind of a fun take on the. I mean, you know, Twilight. A lot of people with Twilight, they're either going to go some kind of crafter or they're going to go with uh, some sorcery or whatever. Uh, it's kind of using a little bit of both of those. It's not going super deep into e- any either one at first, but it gives you the ability to do a lot of neat things. There's a, there's a great charm in the repair tree, I think it is. in the, the like Craft is broken up into like four different trees uh, in the core book, and uh, there's one called Shattering Grasp where you can just, you can just take something apart like almost instantly. And I think it even gives the example of if you're in a jail cell, you know, somebody with this charm can just touch the bars in a few places and just, you know, the whole thing just comes apart. And then uh, there's another charm called uh, Craftsman That's Needs cool. No Tools or something like that, where just using your words and your hands, you can just create almost anything in almost no time flat. So, like, you could take apart the entire jail cell and put it back together into a, into a ballista. You know, that's like firing bars that have been sharpened into points, you know, and uh, you, you can just do that in just within minutes, you know, the, 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 like the jailer comes to get you out and you're just like, ka-chunk, right. ka-chunk, ka-chunk, like firing these like massive ballista bolts into people. And uh, so I just I, I just thought, man, what a cool <laughs> thing. Just be able to take things apart and reassemble things into working devices like so fast, you know. So that's kind of the way this guy is is kitted out. So, yeah, we'll put that up there on five poles going forward and next week charles will bring us an interesting uh, interesting idea all right well that's going to kind of wrap it up for this week and um i guess at the end here you know we've we said before although we're not like a lot of people that do podcasts you know that have like a million things that they have online that you can go check us check me out on twitter check me out on this yeah uh we know that charles he has charles why don't you tell us a little bit about other things that you do uh, so the other platform that I'm pretty active on is YouTube. I stream Android Netrunner. Um, I try to do it every week uh, on Friday nights from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The channel name is System Outage. 
All right, Jim, what about you? Got anything out there folks want to check out? Um, right now you can just find me here at the uh, Deliberative Podcast. Yeah, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me too. Uh, this is this is what I do online right now, and uh, we'll be working on fivepoles.com. The three of us uh, getting that thing set up and and trying to get a community uh, started there, and a good a good resource for you guys to come and uh, find things for your game. And we're working hard on the deliberative to bring you content every week. And so um, wanted to make sure that we that we once again say. Uh, thank you to those who have tuned in for episode zero and episode one. Thank you. And uh, we actually got, yes, thank you. And um, we want to want to say if you have, uh, if you've got something that you want to have us discuss on the show, or if you have a comment, uh, our email address that you can send us comments and questions is the deliberative podcast at gmail.com. And like I said on the last episode, what we'd really love to hear from you is if you send us a recording of your voice asking your question or giving your feedback. Uh, we would love to post that uh, or love to, to play that on the show so that we can actually sort of interact with you and discuss and, and have other people here and discuss that. I think that would be great for the show. Yeah. So if you have that, just, you know, record it, print it as an MP3, stick it in an email, send it to the deliberative podcast at gmail.com. We will get that and we will have that on here. We, uh, we got a, uh, got a very good encouraging email this week from Chaz uh, just saying, you know, enjoyed the podcast and, uh, you know, he's another guy from the Kickstarter that we had interacted with. And so uh, thank you, Chaz, for your, yeah, thanks, Chaz. for your encouraging thanks, words. Thanks, Chaz. And uh, y'all keep sending us some, keep sending us some emails and, uh, and send us some of those voice clips. We'd love to have it. So uh, thank you for tuning in to episode one of The Deliberative. This has been Corey. And Charles. And James. And remember, if you're not stunting... You're doing it wrong. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next time.